Hey everybody, welcome to No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host, Asa, and I'm here with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this is the very first episode of WWE Weekly. Hooray! Hey. Yay! So, welcome, and the first of many, we hope. This is a, a new show. Uh, you might remember we, we did a show called This Week in WWE, uh, kind of similar, um, but we're 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 taking it in in a different way. We got some new segments for you, and um, we're gonna see what works, what doesn't, and we'll have some new segments for you in the coming weeks as well. Because not everything is gonna work, <laughs> but we'll we'll see what does. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we got some rankings, we got some show results, we got some talk about storylines, we got some uh, other things I won't let you, uh, I'll, I'll let you be a little surprised about, um, but hopefully this will help get you through uh, what's been a, just a shitty week, man, let's be honest about it, it's been a shit week if you're a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Terry Funk died, which was, you know, maybe a blessing, uh, he was 79, going through dementia, which if you've had a loved one who's had dementia, it's not a pleasant thing. I don't wish wish that on anyone. I was commenting last night, I was saying, you know, the, the true, the horror of that is that the man has traveled the world, been in some of the most memorable places, and been in some of the most memorable wrestling feuds, and now he can't remember any of it. Yeah. And how fucking cruel a fate is that? Yeah. That's sick. Um, so Terry Funk died, of course, and that's that's awful. But like I said, maybe a blessing. Depends how you look at it. I don't mean to ruffle any feathers by saying that. Uh, I'm just saying I, I don't know if I would want, want to live and not be able to remember my fucking name. I, you know, I don't know. That's just me personally. Uh, but yeah, so that that that's a, that one was tough, you know. Uh, just being being a wrestling fan, being you know, I, I consider myself a kind of a, a a historian of wrestling a little bit. Um, just uh, you know, if you like wrestling, if if you delve into the history at all, you're gonna find Terry Funk to be one of the most universally beloved figures in wrestling. Everyone has n- nice things to say about him. And if you go through the 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 pantheon of great wrestlers, nobody spent more time on their back looking up than Terry Funk. I mean, nobody spent more time putting other guys over than Terry Funk. Nobody put their ego out of the way more often than Terry Funk. Nobody did more for other people to get over than Terry Funk. And that's something that I think that's a a trait that more people in the world could could use, you know? Mm-hmm. Being able to, to spot talent in others and help them foster it. And, uh, and not ask for or expect anything in return. Just do a, 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 
a deed just to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Just do a good deed because you want to do a good deed. And yeah. and that was that was by all by all stories, that was the way Terry Funk was. Um you know, was a angry, vile son of a bitch on camera, but as soon as the camera stopped rolling, supposedly was, you know, just very lovable and warm, uh, nicest guy you've ever met. But then when the camera started rolling again, he would try and brand you with his branding iron from the, the Double Cross Ranch in Amarillo, Texas. Um yeah, so that was that was that was tough, and then of course the, uh, of course Bray Wyatt dying, uh, Wyndham Rotunda, that uh, man that that was awful, that was awful. Kay, do you have anything? Uh, you have anything you want to say? About Bray Wyatt. Yeah, about either of these uh, deaths. I don't know a lot about Terry Funk, um, to be honest. Uh, I've seen a few of his matches, but as our listeners know, I didn't start watching wrestling until the 2000s, so I missed his career, pretty much. Um, What I do think of when I think of Terry Funk is one of my favorite recordings regarding wrestling. and our local radio station plays it all the time, pretty much any time they talk about wrestling. And it's when this man is like, stands up at a, like a con, um, like an interview panel. Yeah. And he starts like crying and talks about how, like, and thanking Terry Funk, for, he calls him Mr. Funk for putting his body on the line. And how wrestling is real to him and he's like Mm -hmm. crying about it and I feel like that's just I know the radio station plays it because it's like they're making fun of him but I feel like that's how I feel as a wrestling fan you know um and so with Bray Wyatt that just hit me harder than I expected. Yeah. I mean, I had, I'd stopped watching wrestling uh, until, really until you mentioned to me that WWE was doing this storyline with a cult, and I happened to have this strange obsession with cults, uh, and so I started watching those segments with you when they were on, and I still hadn't gone back to watching wrestling yet, but I would watch some of the Wyatt family segments, and this was towards the end of the Wyatt family. Um, mm. But when he was still, like, when at the beginning of his feud with Randy Orton, um, mm. and I feel like Bray Wyatt is a big reason that I got back into wrestling after leaving it, and I think a lot of people feel that way because WWE went through a period where it was just kind of not great yeah. um, and I feel like went through a period where he was one of the few bright lights yeah yeah, and, I, and so I feel like he's responsible for a lot of people coming back to wrestling mm-hmm. after leaving it during WWE's like dark period you know mm-hmm. um, and I think he took wrestling to a place 
that I didn't think it could go. Um, just as far as storytelling goes, uh, like watching the Bray Wyatt character change and go through all these like, like mental breakdowns essentially, mm. <laughs> um, mm. and, and fighting with like his own literal demons, um, it was just such compelling storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to see that coming from a wrestling show is just remarkable. He was a remarkable creator. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he left the world with a lot left still to do. Um, yeah, 36. Yeah. younger than both you and I Um, so that hits a little harder you know Um, and yeah I just feel for his family and those he's left behind you know Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know what I can say that you didn't you said it pretty well but yeah um Bray Wyatt, uh, one of the reasons I got back into wrestling, actually, I believe it or not, I had stopped watching wrestling for a while, and uh, a couple acquaintances of mine had been watching wrestling, and I said, well, if they're watching it, it must be pretty good, and uh, and then I got wind of this, you know, cult leader who wore Hawaiian shirts, and he talked like this, or whatever, you know. (laughs) And hey, everything's gonna be all right. And uh, I was like, "Who the fuck is this fucking guy with his hats and what the fuck mm-hmm. in his rocking chair?" Uh, and I immediately loved him, you know. And saw he was trying to be different mm-hmm. in a in a company where too many people try to be the same. He wanted to be different, but it felt like still felt so authentic. You know, like, it didn't feel like he was doing a character, no matter which character of his he was doing, you know? I felt like he was just showing us a different part of him every time. The Fiend? Yeah. I'm sticking with what I'm saying, because I mean it. You know, I think, I think The Fiend was a part of him, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I think he was like putting it under a microscope, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, just a bad part of him. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone has their own demons, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he was just visually depicting one of his. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Um, yeah, I immediately loved the guy and it just got better and better from there. Um, uh, I thought as a storyteller, he was fantastic. Uh, in ring, he was very good. You know, he was so good at telling a story in the ring. Um, just using using his body, you know, and, and his opponents' bodies to tell a story. Um, you know, it could just be a glance. Uh, it could mean a lot from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so skilled at that, such a good, such a good actor, uh, naturalistic actor. Um, 
we have very skilled and very creative. And, you know, like you said, it, it was like we're seeing different pieces of his personality. I, thought, I like when you said that. Um, well, I think that's why so many people felt so, like, intimately connected to him, you know? They weren't just, like, a fan of him as a wrestler, but, like, because he gave us those glimpses of himself that felt so authentic, we were fans of him as, like, a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have yeah. one more thing that I kind of want to add. Let me finish. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Bray Wyatt... Uh, so what happened eventually was he... Uh, if you haven't heard... He got COVID... And uh, he had a underlying heart condition... And a COVID exacerbated his heart condition... And eventually he had a heart attack... While he was... He was in the process of trying to make a, a comeback to the wrestling ring. He knew about this heart condition. Uh, he'd known about it for years, but he was trying to make a comeback to the wrestling ring. And that, that's why he's been out for months. That's why he missed WrestleMania this year, was this heart condition. Uh, but he was trying to return. And just the other day, just uh, like I said, the, the COVID had apparently exacerbated the condition too much and he had a heart attack and did not make it unfortunately at 36 years old so people out there take care of yourselves and you know what this COVID does to to our bodies we don't know yet I mean you know here was this guy living with his heart condition living with it for years and then he catches COVID, and then it does him in at 36. You know, wear, wear your masks out there. I don't know what else to tell you. Wear your masks, wash your hands. I mean, this shit is no joke. Get Still, vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, this shit is, is no joke. And then... Yeah, it's no, it's no joke. He's not the only one, you know, who's died. I've I've known people who've who've died from it. Uh, it's not it's not gone, so we need to stop pretending like it's gone. We need to we need to start. Uh, we need to to start acting like it is still dangerous and is still around, and taking. Uh, maybe a little more caution than we have been lately. That's that's all I'll say about that. What what did you want to say? I was going to share my favorite uh, Bray Wyatt memory, and then I'm ask sure. you to share your favorite Bray Wyatt memory. Um, okay. So this is not only one of my favorite Bray Wyatt memories, but it's one of my favorite moments in wrestling history, and that is when we have the Fiend's first appearance. And he comes out, and then he lifts up the severed head of Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. which he has turned into a lantern, and walks to the ring with it, and then just sets the severed head down on the ring apron and gets in the ring like it's nothing. And that image has been, like, burned into my brain. 
because I, I mean, I, I rem- like I have a terrible, terrible memory. Uh, like I remember very few moments in my life. Uh, but that one, like, I remember my reactions and having and having the conversation with you. Is that a head? Is that? <laughs> is that Bray Wyatt's severed head? And just like the awe and excitement that that brought to that entrance. Mm. Um, so that's my favorite Bray Wyatt memory. Do you have a favorite Bray Wyatt memory or moment? Or character since he had several? Um, I don't know if it's my favorite, but one of my favorite, one, one I won't forget is, you know, WrestleMania is the grandest stage of all, we always call it. And I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's one I won't forget, uh, is when he he had the WrestleMania match against Randy Orton. And Orton was down in the ring, something had happened to him, and Orton was down. And then in the, in the, in the, we go to a sky-high shot of the ring, and then all of a sudden, we see these giant, clips of bugs you know bugs (laughs) and snakes and whatever the hell else uh being shown in the ring um (laughs) supposedly you know some mind games being played by by bray wyatt on randy orton now randy orton chose to not sell it and act like nothing was there which was a bummer yeah, which is a bummer. Yeah, but, fuck but, him. But understandable. <laughs> but understandable, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he would have looked totally ridiculous had he sold it. Yeah. But, you know, wrestling sometimes can be totally ridiculous, so mm-hmm. maybe he should have just sold it, Randy, you know? Yeah. But, uh... That's one of the first things I think of when I th- when I think of Bray Wyatt because it just stru- it was one of those times you know when I just st- stood up and clapped you know yeah. <laughs> I just loved it so much. Uh, I like the ways that Bray Bray tries to get in his opponent's head. Mm-hmm. I like so much about him, his look. Uh, I like the fact they use the mandible claw f- as a finisher. That's such a cool move. Uh, such a gross move. Uh, you know, putting your hand in your opponent's mouth. Ooh, that's gross. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I will miss so much about him. I will miss so much. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if there's a wrestler uh, who's passed that I that I that I feel like I will miss uh, miss this much as uh, as as I will miss Bray Wyatt. Uh, yeah, he was one of those. He wasn't out for. You know the personal glory, or to be on the the most you know fitness magazine covers, or to uh, to sell the most uh, toys necessarily, or anything like that. You know, he seemed to just want to be creative, to be the most creative, mm-hmm. to 
to see the, how far he could push things, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, could he get, you know, pushed to the boundary of the, the, the TV-14 rating or mm-hmm. whatever whatever age they were in, the TV-PG rating? You know, how far can I can I push this? You know, what can we set on fire and mm-hmm. <laughs> et cetera, things like that. How much stalking can the Wyatt family do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, he will be missed. He will be missed. So, um... So, our format typical format for a WWE Weekly um, is that we will normally start with match results, but we just wanted to say a few words about Terry Funk and and Bray Wyatt. So, Asa, do you want to run down our Raw results? Yeah. All right, what you got? Hey, Raw, uh, the 21st of August, Quebec City, Quebec in Canada. I believe it was a non-title match. The undisputed world tag team champions, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, beat Finn Balor and Damian Priest by disqualification. And uh, then, this was the main event. And then it uh, got turned into a a six-man tag where Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens then beat... Uh, the entire male part of the Judgment Day. They added Dominic in there, so Dominic, Balor, and Priest lost. Uh, also on Raw, before all that, the New Day beat Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre in a tag match. Uh, big upset win. Chad Gable beat Intercontinental Champion Gunther by countout, so he did not win the title. Uh, World Women's Champion Rhea Ripley beat Candice LeRae by submission in a non-title match. Uh, Akira Tozawa picked up an upset win over The Miz. And uh, Women's Tag Team Champions Chelsea Green and Piper Niven beat Katana Chance and Caden Carter in a non-title match. And SmackDown, which... SmackDown, part of it was a uh, Terry Funk uh, memorial show. More of it than that was a Bray Wyatt memorial show, so they only did four matches. Uh, United States champion Rey Mysterio pinned Grayson Waller in a a non-title match. Grayson Waller still looking for his first victory since being called up from NXT. Uh, WWE Women's Champion Io Sky pinned Zelina Vega to keep her title. Uh, and in a hardcore match that decidedly was not hardcore, uh, the Street Profits beat the Brawling Brutes. And in the main event of the evening, LA Knight pinned Finn Balor. And so uh, the match... Uh, the match of the week, this week, Chad Gable beat Gunther by countout. I gave it four bones out of five. That was the match of the week. Uh, big upset by by Chad Gable. Uh, Gunther 
has not been beaten since he won the Intercontinental title mm-hmm. back when? June 10th, 2022. June 10th, 2022. So quite a while there. And, for a solo uh, loss. Yeah. yeah, for a solo loss. Um, so yeah, um, and SmackDown, I don't think I mentioned, it was in Louisville, Kentucky on the 25th. Uh, what else have we got? Did you pick your match of the week? I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. I said, one? I said, yeah, I said uh, Chad Gable beat Gunther. How many bones are you giving it? I said I know, already. I'm just asking again. Four bones out of five. And, okay. Do you remember what the AEW bone rating was for match of the week? I'm just curious how they compare. With the AEW? Uh, I think it was four and a half. Okay. Orange Cassidy beat um, Willer Utah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Just curious how the bone ratings compared. Yeah, well, AEW, generally, their televised matches uh, rate better than WWE's televised Mm -hmm. matches. Mm -hmm. But also, I've found sometimes AEW's televised matches will be lower like the low will be lower than oh, the WWE is the lowest. Yeah, AW does a lot more squash matches than WWE. Well, does. I don't rate squash matches. Oh, that's true. That's true. I'm just saying sometimes they'll have a, a maybe a woman's match that just would just yeah. was, is the shits, you know. Mm-hmm. And ain't like shouldn't have not have been sent out there in mm-hmm. AW. Yeah. Um so we'll see now that we're doing these shows separately. Mm-hmm. We'll see the uh the breakdown. We'll see the breakdown, yeah. Hmm. Okay, so up next we have a storyline recaps. Um, and we're going to start with talking about the faction that rules Raw, the Judgment Day. And uh, they're, uh, I guess, I, I, I want to call him a pestering gnat, but that might be too, uh, too harsh. But uh, J.D. McDonough, who is... The fly in the ointment that won't seem to go away. Uh, do you want to you handle talking about that? Yeah, well, first, let's, let's kind of lay down the Judgment Day. You know, you're talking about the, the rule raw, and first, let's kind of lay down why. We have Rhea Ripley, the WWE Women's World Champion. You have Dominic Mysterio, NXT North American Champion. Uh, you have Finn Balor, one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, Damian Priest, Senor Money in the Bank, with a contract for any belt at any second. So they're in a pretty damn good positions right now. Yeah. They, they all either have belts... Or, you know, Finn could make an argument to receive a title shot pretty much pretty much any time. And Damian Priest could get one at any time. And Dominic keeps improving and has a belt of his own. Uh Rhea has has a belt of her own. So I mean they're uh as they say, they are on a gravy train with biscuit wheels. Is that, is that what they say? That's what they say. <laughs> That's like the most southern expression I think I've ever heard. <laughs> They're on a gravy train with biscuit wheels. <laughs> um, and J.D. McDonough has has now come from NXT 
And was he drafted? Is that what happened? Yeah. He was drafted. And ever since has been has been after a spot in the Judgment Day. He's just looking for his place in this world, you know? That's what I feel like. He came to the main roster and wants to know what table to sit at in the cafeteria. You think he just likes wearing black and being... And purple. (laughs) No, I think... And being sullen, and you think he wants to sit with the, like... Like the Judgment Day or definitely like the kids who listen to The Cure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the goth table. So yeah. J.D. McDonough just wants to sit with the goth kids. Well, I mean, if you were coming to Monday Night Raw and you wanted to affiliate yourself with someone, wouldn't you want to affiliate yourself with the most dominant force on the show? Yeah. So, I think it makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. But, you know, the question is... Is he going to force himself in at the expense of another member? You know, is is, mm-hmm. is there room for him? Is is there room for a fifth member, or is someone going to have to go for him to join? Or or the third option, is he not going to get to join? kind of feel like Damian Priest is going to turn face and he's going to take Damian Priest's place. That's kind of what I feel too. Yeah. Um, I feel like they've been hinting at that for so long. Do you feel that because I said it? No. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember you saying that. I've been saying it for weeks. I've been saying it for weeks. We got, we got recorded evidence. Okay. All right. Um, but, I mean, at this point, it's been hinted at for so long. It makes me think it's going to be like with damage control. They hinted at damage control breaking up for so long, and now they're, like, more unified than ever. That like, maybe this is just, they're just teasing that this is going to happen, and it's just never going to happen, you know? They like to do that, have stories that just don't ever end. Yeah. So if... If Damien Priest turns face, what new opponents does he have? He has the Judgment Day. So Finn Balor, uh, Dominic Mysterio, J.D. McDonough. There's three right there. Okay. Um, if he's face, he could face Gunther. You know? Right. Anyone from Imperium. Um, I don't remember who else is on Raw. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot of opponents that he could face. Yeah. But definitely all of the members of Judgment Day. Uh, what are you doing? I'm just looking who he could face, if he were to face. Uh, The Miz, he could fight. He has a lot of options. How about that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, what do you think is, is going to happen? No, that's kind of... Well, that's kind of what I felt until I looked at the the dearth of <laughs> of opponents mm-hmm. uh, for him. 
But yeah, that's what I, I felt, is that Damien Priest is turning face. Yeah. I'm not sure why I got that feeling, but I do. I don't think there's going to be five members in Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah. So you think J.D. McDonough is definitely joining Judgment Day? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Ray Ripley's going to have to come around on him because she seems pretty anti-J.D. McDonough at the moment. And in my head, she's the leader of Judgment Day. She'll come around. He's going to do something to ingratiate himself mm-hmm. to her. And he's going to like have to fall on the sword for Dominic in some way. Something like that. Yeah. He'll 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 prove himself to her. Yes. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll it'll be okay. Um, yeah, I see him as a fourth member for sure. And I, I think, I think though, we'll see them pulling the trigger on that sometime in, uh, sometime in September. I see it happening pretty soon here. Like at payback. So sometime in September. Yeah. Yeah, I see Priest mm. out and McDonough in. Mm. Do you think that Priest is going to cash in on Rollins, and that's going to be what fully cracks the Judgment Day? Like that Finn's going to not be able to handle it? That's a good question. That's what I think. That would be a good way to do it. That would be a good way to do it. So, yeah, let's say say Mm -hmm. yes. Do you think he cashes in and wins or cashes in and loses? Man. You know, I don't see... They need more star power, don't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. And they could make him a star mm-hmm. in a in a second, in three seconds. Yeah. So why not? Why mm-hmm. not do it? Yeah. Why not think, cash in and make him a, make him a star? I think I think he cashes in, wins, and when he's holding up that belt in victory, Judgment Day attacks him. That's what I think. What you think at payback or? He doesn't know. He's not going to have a match with Seth at Payback because uh, Nakamura has a match with Seth at Payback. He could do it at Payback. Oh, but he could cash yeah, in. Oh, cash yeah, in cash in. Wants. Yeah. Oh, well then maybe. Maybe at Payback. Yeah. That'd be cool. I forgot that he doesn't have to like announce ahead of time. He can just cash it in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that kind of leads us to our next storyline topic, which is Rollins and Nakamura and whispering sweet nothings to each other. Yeah, so it turns out that Nakamura, he whispered in Seth's ear the other night, and that's what had Seth so so freaked out on, on Raw. Uh, you know, he said something along the lines of, I know about your back. Mm-hmm. And what he's talking about, and Seth Rollins has made reference to this on numerous occasions, is basically his back's fucked up. Yeah. And I've been there, and let me tell you, when your back is fucked up, your life is not very uh, pleasant. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but your back is like half of your body. <laughs> yeah. So when your back is fucked up, your body's fucked up. Um, but yeah, he said, I, I know about your back. And then so Seth goes and he, and he, and he talks 
uh, on Raw, and he's, you know, he's telling about how, um, exactly how his back is messed up, and this and that and the other, and Shinsuke has this, uh, excellent, uh, rebuttal to all this, and he, he gave it in Japanese, mm-hmm. Correct. and, uh, and they had subtitles over it, and, uh, what was he was saying? He was saying, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, when you, when you go to bend, uh, bend over to pick up your kids, mm-hmm. you know, think about it. That's the back I'm going to fuck up, you know? Yeah. And when you do this, think about it. That's the back that I'm going to fuck up, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, you don't want to step in the ring with me, motherfucker. I'm going to fuck that back up, basically, is what yeah. he's saying. That was the... That's the, the gist. gist. Yeah, yeah. With less fucks and motherfuckers. But that <laughs> that basically is what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the fucks were implied in it. Uh, <laughs> and they were. <laughs> okay. They were implied. Um, yeah, so what do you think about this uh, Nakamura and Rollins feud for the world title what do you think i can dig it i like that they turned nakamura heel i like that they're giving him a push Mm -hmm. um and i love that they filmed this promo in japanese and then put subtitles yeah because i feel like we got to see nakamura like as a person and a character for the first time you know Mm -hmm. because i mean his english is limited and Instead of forcing him to try and do a promo in English, allowing him to convey emotion with what he's saying in Japanese was so much more impactful, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, so I wish I wish they would do this more, you know? Uh, I feel like we would get to know him better as a, as a character and as a person um, and as a wrestler uh, if, if they allowed not just him but but all of their wrestlers with limited english like people can read subtitles like it's okay that's a that's an acceptable way to do a promo i think most people read subtitles very slowly actually oh unfortunately but they can still read them i mean for the most part so i liked it i I would like to see more like this i mean personally i liked it i think people read subtitles very slowly i think i I think i've worked at video stores i know people hate subtitles oh they hate them i like them i like them too i'm I'm with you Mm -hmm. but people hate subtitles i mean there are times where i'm like "Uh, i don't want to watch that korean movie because i don't feel like reading right now but i mean for like two minutes on a wrestling show, I can handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But right, no, it did, it did let us see his, his character and his, uh, his passion Mm -hmm. for, for to be evil come out. Yeah, that's nice. And this, um, they should do that whether it's their Hispanic, uh, characters or, uh, Japanese characters or whomever. If, if their, their native language, if, if it's stronger let them use that if if they're more comfortable using it they should let them use that mm-hmm. i mean work on their english obviously because that's that's more effective mm-hmm. but until their english is more effective let them use their native language because yeah. that's going to be more effective uh, mm-hmm. i mean it was 
way better than him speaking in broken English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way better. Yeah. Which is he's always done. Mm-hmm. And you can't understand what the fuck he says. Yeah. You know, let's be honest about it. You can't understand what the fuck he says because he's tried before. Mm-hmm. And he's he, he tries to, to enunciate and he's terrible at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still learning. Okay, yeah. we can be honest. He's yeah. terrible at it. Mm-hmm. But now they they let him speak in his native language and you can tell he's confident about what he's mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. And he's getting across what he's saying. The emotion gets across. Mm-hmm. And that's the main thing is the emotion yeah. got across. I mean, I think we've seen the same thing with uh, ES Guy and with Asuka. When they let, let yeah, them yeah. just, like, yell in Japanese, like, it's so much more effective. Even when they don't subtitle it, I feel like they get their emotions and intent across more than when they try and do a promo in English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll see more of this from the WWE. Um in other news, or I'm sorry, in other storylines. Uh, so wait, 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 oh, wait, 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 I'm not done. So who, who, early prediction. So who leaves payback with the world title? Nakamura or Rollins? I think Damian Priest. Oh, that was not an option. Who leaves that match with the world title? Seth Rollins. And then Priest. Yeah, and then Priest. Picks the bones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, and then he gets jumped. That's what I think is going to happen, but we'll see. All right, can I go to the... Yeah, yeah. So, we kind of already talked about Gunther. Uh, Gunther. They call him Gunther now, so Gunther. I'm going to say Gunther. Gunther. Um, so, this was his first solo loss, and now he's got a match at Payback again against Chad Gable. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, he does have a match against Chad Gable. He I, does. I missed that. I haven't, we haven't gone over the payback card yet. Yeah. Oh, wait. Never mind. That's a rumored match. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah, never mind. Rumored match. Oh. Not not on not official match. Yeah, forget it then. Yeah, sorry. I read it, but I read it under rumored matches, not under official no, matches. Forget it then. No, no. Oops. Okay, well, what I'm saying is if, if they were to have a match, do you think Gunther's going to retain? Because he's going to have a match at payback. We just don't know against who. Yeah, because he's, he's very close to beating the honky-tonk man's record. Um, of longest intercontinental mm-hmm. championship reign, and I think it falls within. Uh, I think it might be before payback, actually. Um, no, I think it might be a little bit after payback, actually. So no, he's not losing the belt. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to beat Honky Tonk Man's record. They're trying to make all these record fall records fall. You know, yeah. they had had Bianca Belair. They gave her the the longest women's reign of the quote unquote modern era, which I still am not sure what they meant by that. I don't know what they meant by that. Uh, Gunther now is going to have the longest intercontinental title reign. Uh, the European title they retired. The twenty four seven title that retired. Uh, they've got this new world heavyweight title, so Seth Rollins automatically has the new the highest reign on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roman has the longest universal reign, and now he's got the WWE title. Had it for I'm not sure how long he's had the WWE title. I don't know. It's been like two or three years. No, no, no. The universal one is the one he's had for three years. He picked the WWE one up later. 
But how much later? I don't, know, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. My point is there. Yes, is is that uh, Gunther's going to keep the keep the belt because uh, mm-hmm. they're they're erasing all these records and giving them to to new quote unquote new legends. Well, that makes me hope that his match at Payback, if he has one, is not against Chad Gable because I would love to see Chad Gable be the one to dethrone him. That'd be awesome. I mean, he's the first character that they've given even a glimpse of hope to you know mm-hmm. um so that's a big deal i mean it's his first moment looking like there's a chink in the armor yeah since he's gotten the belt uh well, like i said they got match of the week uh, this past week uh just mm-hmm. an excellent underdog tale uh yeah. told between chad gable and gunther and in chad gable getting the count out victory Mm-hmm. So our last uh, storyline that I want to talk about deals with the redheaded stepchild belts uh, on WWE, and that is the women's tag tag, tag champ champions. Okay. Um, so we have Chelsea Green mm-hmm. and Sonya Deville, who are the tag team champs. Mm-hmm. Sonya Deville is injured. She tore her ACL. Mm-hmm. She can no longer compete. Mm-hmm. And so here comes Piper Niven, mm-hmm. and she takes physically takes the belt, mm-hmm. one of one of the two belts away from Chelsea Green, mm-hmm. and says, "I'm your new partner. Let's go have a match." And they do, and they win. They basically squash uh, Carter and uh, I can't wait to forget to forget it. Caden Carter and Cash. Chance. 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 Yeah. Um, and so Chelsea gets like fake injured in the match or gets tired or something or gets hit. And so Piper like ends up carrying her and both belts out away from the ring at the end of the match. Mm -hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on selecting the new partner for Chelsea Green in this manner instead of either one, having her relinquish the belts like they've done in the past when there's been an injury or two, having her choose her own partner, also like they've done in the past when a partner has been injured. Well, I kind of like it. I think it's funny. I do too. I like it a lot. It's funny. <laughs> I didn't know you felt that way. I'm glad you do. Uh, I like it. Uh, it at least gets her character across, like mm-hmm. Piper Niven. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I'm, a, I'm your partner, you know? She's like, I I don't think you understand. I'm your partner, you know? Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was such a... It was was exciting to see one of those women that seemingly don't have a personality in WWE because I feel like all their mid-card women, they just give no face to their personality, you Mm -hmm. know? And so for them to take a mid-carder, possibly like a lower mid-carder, and give her a story and a personality that's amusing even, you know? I mean, I think that's that's so great to see them doing that. And what a perfect partner for her in Chelsea Green, you know? She loves cooking, and she is forceful about the t- t- tag team titles. She loves cooking? I believe that's part of her gimmick. I've seen that at some point. She loves to cook. 
I've, I've seen what? that somewhere. Okay. I was unaware of the cooking side of her I've gimmick. I've seen that but... somewhere. I swear. Hmm. I keep up with the women, you know? Yeah. Um, and which ones can cook? But I, I, I like it now. Should they have done a, a tournament or something? Yeah, probably. Um, Follow-up question to that, though. Could they have done a tournament? Do they have enough women's tag teams to do a tournament? Yeah. I can name three. They got... Well, you got... Let's see. (laughs) You got Elba Fire and Isla Dawn. One. You got Chance and Carter. Mm, Two. two. You got Green and Niven. That's three. And then you could do, uh, you could do Bailey and Dakota Kai. There's four. Is she cleared to wrestle? Who? Dakota Kai. She hasn't had a match since she's been back. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, you could do EO Sky and Bailey. Do Bailey and EO Sky? Yeah. So that's four. four. They just did Charlotte and Bianca together as a tag team, but. I feel like if you don't have a name, you're not a tag name. But, uh, That's ridiculous. I know, I know, I know, I know. So there's there's five we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baszler had a partner. Oh, it was Rousey. Uh, maybe Baszler could team up with Rodriguez. While Liv is hurt? Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a cool team. Mm-hmm. Basil and Rodriguez are six. If you if you really needed six, and then Becky could team up with uh why not do uh Nikki Becky and Nikki. There's seven. So we could have should have had a tournament. It sounds like I mean we got sounds like we got some pretty good teams here. We got seven teams, so we could have given a bye to. Uh, the the green the Chelsea Green and Piper Niven team could have gotten a bye since they were, uh, since Chelsea Green was was a champion. Mm-hmm. Give them a bye in the first round, and let the others fight it out to to make it to the second round, and bam, you got a nice little women's tag tournament going. Uh, yeah, yeah, they should should have had a tournament, and just um. You know, make it like a, make it like a one night tournament. You know. Didn't they just do that though for the titles like two title holders ago? Like, isn't that how Raquel and Liv got them back? I don't recall, but I tell you what, you do. You put it on. Uh, make it a big deal. You know, make make the women's tag titles mean something. Do it on. Do it on a Wednesday. Put it on the on the Peacock. Put it on the network. Women's Tag Titles Tournament. Do it all in one night. Uh, and do it on a Wednesday. Make make it mean something. You know, try try something. Try something different. That's what that's what I would do with it. I feel like the viewership would be down. It's. I feel like people would get interested. You try something. Hey, WWE's on Wednesday this week. Yeah, they're having a, ta- a women's tag t- tournament. Huh. Would you watch that instead of Dynamite? I would watch it. I would I would flip channels, you know? Mm-hmm. 
depends who who was on what I would be watching. Hmm. Interesting. I would watch it after Dynamite. I mean, I would watch Dynamite ninety percent of the time, mm-hmm. sure. But I would be I would be switching. Yeah, but if you're switching between anything and Peacock, that's a lot of like clicks to get. You can't just hit the, like the last button on yeah, the remote that's a good like point. you used to. But but see, there are plenty of people out there who wouldn't. There are plenty of people out there who would just watch the women's. Mm, yeah. So do it. Try mm. something different. I like it. I like the idea. So, I mean, make give it give it, you know. You know, you get get a bracket and make a little bracket game too. <laughs> you and your brackets. Yeah, I mean, I love, a, I love brackets. Yeah, but I mean, get a little bracket game going. Have a win. Have something for the winner. For the, fucking try something new. WWE for the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Turn something shitty, you know, one of your tag partners, tag tournament partners gets hurt. And then and then you put together, we we put it together in, in what, 10 minutes here. Mm-hmm. Seven teams, world oh. world tag tor- uh, title tournament. That means six matches, one night, have a bracket contest for your fans. Uh, you get six women's tag matches, so not... Not too many, not too few. Sounds like a nice card. You can give the matches some time. You can you can get six ten minute matches, make them some good matches, and and really show people something with it. And and you tried something new, and then it it'll be a, a success. So why not? We forgot about Trish and Zoe Stark. That could be another tag team, so there's eight. There could be another tag team, so there's eight. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've actually tagged together before. Exactly, so there's eight. Yeah. Bam. All right. And then you could get some interesting matchups in the tournament, too. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? I mean... And it doesn't mean you have to, like, stop all other women's storylines, because you could continue to have Becky's tag team go up against Trisha's tag team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I like it. That would have been better. But I did enjoy Piper just, like, claiming the belt and getting it that way. Yeah. It's one way to get your first title in WWE, just grabbing it physically and saying, this is mine now. Yeah, but a hey, one-night women's tag yeah. tournament would have been better. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And then you also hurt hurt uh, AEW, because mm-hmm. take some viewers from them. Mm-hmm. So it's a win, 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 win. Everyone wins. Correct, yeah. If you're WWE. Mm-hmm. It's a no lose scenario. Um. So speaking of tournaments, uh, well, I guess it's it's an invitational. Is that a tournament? Is that the same thing? I don't know what the hell you're talking. I'm about. going into news now. Okay. So we have Butch of the Brawling Brutes, mm-hmm. who has now been announced for NXT Global Heritage Invitational. Um. This will determine who will challenge Noam Dar. Noam Dar. Noam Dar? Noam Dar. Okay, sorry. Noam Dar. Uh, for the Heritage Cup Championship at NXT No Mercy. Hmm. So he'll be... He's one of, uh, I think, six competitors announced so far. Uh, most of whom are other NXT people. Um, so that's cool. I would love to see him get something. You know, he's such a weird, good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know how they chose him. 
I always wonder that, like how they decide which main roster people are going to drop back down to NXT for a minute. It's odd. Mm-hmm. Um, I can never tell if it's like an insult or if it's like a compliment. Like, we want more people to watch NXT, so we're taking you and putting you down there to bring more eyes to it. Yeah. Or if it's like a, you need more work, go back down to NXT. Yeah, I hear you. And so it's, it's always a little questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, in other news, uh, Braun Strowman, Karrion Cross, Shotzi, and Rob Fee, who's WWE's director of long-term creative, all got uh, Bray Wyatt uh, moth logo tattoos in honor of Bray Wyatt this week. Um, as well, uh, WWE is donating all proceeds of Wyatt merchandise to his family. So I thought that's mm-hmm. worth from mentioning. here from here forward. I believe is what they said. Oh, okay. I was wondering. I'm not sure that. how far forward. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if it was like forever. forever, you know. Um. In other news, WrestleMania 40 breaks WWE's all-time gate record, passing the 21.5 million dollar mark from Los Angeles last year. And then, uh, Asa, I believe you have some edge news. What, 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 what was the gate total? Did you have it? Yeah, it's $21.5 million. That's, that's, that was the Los Angeles gate. They have not said the, what their gate is as of now. Just that it surpassed that. Philadelphia. Yep. Yeah, Philadelphia. <laughs> WrestleMania. Uh-huh. Is that your Philadelphia accent? Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, so you want to talk to us about Edge and not a Philadelphia accent? Yeah. So, Edge. Um, you know, he's been on this big uh, comeback. He never thought it would happen. Because uh, he's had uh, fusion surgeries and uh, this and that. And, but he eventually made it happen. And... Um, has been enjoying himself, and a lot, a lot of the fans have been enjoying him. He's been back for, what, a year now? year and a half, two years? I think it's closer to two, yeah. Closer to two years, yeah. Time is, is just relative now. I have no idea how long anything takes anymore. Um, but I think he's been back for about two years. And this week... Words got flying that uh you know he had he had thrown down an offer from the WWE that he wanted some crazy money and was going to AEW where Tony Khan and his rich daddy would pay him crazy money to go and end end his career there with Christian uh, and where he'd be happier and this and that and blah 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 you know and, uh, Edge came out. And posted a video. I don't know what we what he posted it on Facebook or what what the hell ever. He posted it on the internet somewhere. Uh, of him sitting in what I heard was his North Carolina mountain home, which it just pisses me off. But uh, <laughs> I'm just jealous, I'm just spiteful and jealous. That's all. Uh, but uh. Yeah, we live in North Carolina. We live about an hour from where Edge is. And he has a has a beautiful home and a lot of uh, lot of yard. And he was there drinking out of his Golden Girls coffee mug, which 
pretty cool. And I'm starting to see that Edge and I have more in common than I'd like to, to know. I was about to ask, are you more jealous of the Mountain Home or of the Golden Girls coffee mug? Well, I would like a Golden Girls coffee mug. Good to know. I will get on that. Uh, I love the Golden Girls. It's one of my favorite shows. That and uh, WWE are, are some of my favorite shows. Just if you wanted to know a little bit more about me. Um, I like Blanche. She's one of my favorites. Blanche and Dorothy are my favorites. Sophia is my favorite, in case we're keeping yeah. track. So no Rose. No Rose love here. Uh, Rose is probably my second favorite. Hmm. So, so no Sophia love here. No, Sophia's my first favorite. Oh, you favorite. said she's your yeah. favorite. Yeah. I'm sorry. We have equal love for almost all of them. So anyway, so Edge films himself uh, talking to his fans and says that everything on the internet is made up. He says that uh, he hasn't asked anybody for you know crazy money. He hasn't turned anyone down. He said basically the only thing that's happening is WWE sent him a, a contract offer. It's in his inbox, and he's just thinking about things. He said, that's all that's happening, is he's just thinking. You know, do I want to stop and spend more time with my family now? I mean, he seems like he's saved his money. Uh, His house was nice enough. I'm sure it's paid for. Um, Or, you know... Do you want to go out and make some more? Make money for the grandkids or or whomever, you know? Make more for yourself. Um, you know, do, do you want to do that? And he, he said, you know, basically that's his dilemma is how much of his life does, does he want to work? I mean, he's older now. He's 50-some. How old? How fuck old is Edge? 40-some? I don't know. He's 40-some, I bet you. Let me see. 298, 08, 18, 25. Maybe 50. 49. Okay. I was going to say 50. So 49. So, yeah, he's just contemplating how long does he want to wrestle uh, and does he want to finish up in WWE, and so they had a, like, an edge night, if you saw it on SmackDown the other week, uh, you know, basically just, oh, Edge, you're the greatest, and how can we ever fill your shoes, and that kind of thing, and it seemed like he was headed out, I mean, it was the kind of thing that you would only do if you knew someone was leaving, uh, for sure. So that uh, farewell video, I've never seen anyone do anything like that and the person stay, never ever. So that would be bizarre if he stayed. He did not take his boots off and leave them in the ring, though. That's true. So. That's true. But uh, but it, it, it definitely seemed like he was, he was leaving, if that was any indication. Um, I guess only time will tell. 
Yeah, you're right. Only time will tell. And uh, does he go to AEW and, and, you know, hook back up with Christian? That's what a lot of people want to see is a 50-year-old Edge and Christian battling the Hardy Boys at 50 years old. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people want to see. Or personally, not, it's not. not yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, I can watch the matches from the past. I don't need them at fifty risking their lives mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, they've done it. I've seen it. I can watch it any time on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Uh, know that we're not we're not paid by Peacock. Just <laughs> so you know, that's not a paid endorsement. That's just where the WWE Network happens to be. And that's not a paid endorsement either. That's just where where all the matches happen to be. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with Edge. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. What else have we got here? So that's it for our news, except for the payback card, because we got payback coming up. Um, yeah. So these are the matches that are actually official and have been announced so far. We have Seth Rollins uh, versus Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura. In a title match for Seth's belt, which is called... The World Heavyweight Championship. Thank you. I get the belts mixed up. Uh, we have Rhea Ripley facing... Well, Rick well there's, the, there's the Undisputed World Championship, and then there's the World Championship. Yeah, it's not confusing at all. Glad, glad they came up with some good names for these belts. Um, then we have Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez for the women WWE Women's World Title. Um, we have Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch in a steel cage match for nothing. No. Uh, it's not for a belt. No, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's for you're nothing. Right. It's sorry. for it's for honor, and and to know who's the greatest of 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 all time or whatever they're fighting about. Uh, for the U.S. Championship. We have current champion Rey Mysterio defending against mm. former champion Austin Theory. In another match that is not for anything, uh, we have Miz, or The Miz, as he's called, uh, versus LA Knight, which just got announced. Um, and then Cody Rose is going to be there, but on the Grayson Waller effect. So not in a match. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. No, what could go wrong on a talk segment on a... WWE PLE events. I guess PLE. PLE event is like saying ATM machine, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. It's a PLE. Yeah. Is that all for the payback That's, that's so all far? we got for payback so far. What, what date is it? Uh, I shall look that up while you talk about the history. The history. Yeah. So our next segment is on WWE history from around this time in previous years. Is that your historical music? It is. Oh, okay. So, folks, I have a story for you. Hopefully, you find it interesting. Going to talk a little WWF history. And this dates back to. Well, as as we sit here, it is August 26th. This dates back to August 30th, 30th of 1993. Uh, so the week of, same week, 1993. Uh, 3, 13, 23, 30. 30. 30 years ago. 
<laughs> I was trying to do my math. I was like, wow, that lines up really well, doesn't it? 30 years ago. Um, I'm trying to think how to start it. So, at WrestleMania 9, uh, Yokozuna, who was part of the, part of the Bloodline family, uh, and the, the Rock and Roman Reigns and all them, he was really Samoan, but they said, uh, put a diaper on him, give him a Japanese flag, you're a sumo, you're Japanese now. So, that's what they did. Uh, he won the world title from Bret Hart at WrestleMania 9. But then Hulk Hogan comes down, offers up this challenge right on the spot, gets a world title match, beats Yokozuna in under two minutes, under three minutes, and Hulk Hogan wins his fifth world title. A, a deflated Hulk Hogan, because this is during the WWF steroid trial eras. So this is the natural... Hulk Hogan. If you want to see what Hulk Hogan looks like without using steroids, search WrestleMania 9 Hulk Hogan. He looks like a different man. Uh, and so Hulk Hogan is the world champion now for the fifth time. Uh, flash forward. It is King of the Ring. June, I think June 13th, 93. And Hulk Hogan has not defended the belt, hasn't been on TV since WrestleMania in April. He's defending the belt against Yokozuna at King of the Ring. And uh, a photographer gets up on the the ring apron. And this is, you know, it's a no-no. You don't do that. You can't get that close. But the photographer gets right up on the ring apron and uses a, a, he has a camera that's from like 19 fucking 43, and he takes it, and he uses a flash, and it, the flash is a fireball. It's a fireball right in Hulk Hogan's face. And then Yokozuna takes advantage of this. He hits, he hits Hogan, hits his finisher, pins him. Hulkamania is dead. And Hulk Hogan loses his fifth world title, Hogan is not seen again in the WWF for ten, 10 years, we'll say. 10 years or so. Um, so Yokozuna is the world champion for the second time. So as I said, it's King of the Ring. It's the first time the King of the Ring tournament is on pay-per-view. It's a big deal. It's eight men, one night. So to win, you have to win three matches in one night. And the winner gets a uh, title shot at the world champion at SummerSlam. And so Yokozuna's the world champion. He's going to face the winner. And the winner is Bret the Hitman Hart. Probably the best wrestler in the company. Well, probably. Definitely the best wrestler in the company. And so it's set up uh, for SummerSlam. Yokozuna versus Bret Hart. Brett is looking to get his title back. Like I said, he lost it back in April uh, at WrestleMania 9 before all this crazy shit happened with Hulk Hogan and the steroids making him look weak and the camera flashbulb craziness and the Yokozuna being the fake Japanese guy and all this shit. Uh, before all that, it was just Bret Hart was a good wrestler, so he had the belt. What? Can I ask a question? Yes. 
So the photographer, did that turn out to be somebody? Like, was that like a wrestler pretending oh, to be a photographer? It was, it was, a, it was a, a manager, I believe, Harvey Whippleman. Oh, okay. But uh, I believe that it was Harvey Whippleman, but I'm not sure if we were supposed to know it was him or not. Oh, okay. But I believe that's who it was. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. I'm sorry if I'm wrong about the person. Doesn't matter who the who yeah, it was. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, it doesn't matter who it was. Mm-hmm. That we were, who it was wasn't part of the storyline. Okay. The storyline was just I think. That's a good question. Yeah, I thought that's maybe it was question. gonna be like Rowdy Roddy Piper or someone just like <laughs> pretending to be a photographer just to blind Hulk Hogan and cost him the belt, you know, or Mister Fuji, I guess, if it was against Yokozuna. No, I'm pretty sure the photographer. Was Harvey Whippleman? Look it up. Nineteen ninety three, King of the Ring, photographer. And so, so as I said, it's set for SummerSlam, Yokozuna versus Bret the Hitman Hart for the world title. So we flash forward uh, about three weeks. It is July fourth. And we're on the deck of the USS Intrepid, um, which is a big, big ship, uh, the, you know, big naval ship. It's it was Harvey, Harvey Whipple. Whipple yeah. mm-hmm. A big naval ship. And WWF is holding this contest, Body Slam Yokozuna. And they've got uh, wrestlers there, of course, past wrestlers, present wrestlers. They've got NFL stars there, past and present NFL stars. They've got bodybuilders there. Who the fuck ever they can find who who wants to come out and and spend their July 4th grabbing another man's crotch, they've got them. Nobody can lift Yokozuna. According to WWF, at least, he is 568 pounds. Now, is he really that much? No, No, I don't think so. But that is what they build him as. But nobody, nobody can do it. Nobody can get it. And so the 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 day goes on, and but people are out and people are having fun and everybody's watching and you know every, every as every competitor comes up, the people are watching, uh, and holding their breath and hoping that someone is going to be able to body slam Yokozuna. Person after person, man after man comes up. No one can grab them, you know. Guys are pulling their backs and <laughs> shit like that. And trying as much as they can. Nobody can lift them an inch off the ground. And Yoko's just standing there, just like chilling. Just casual. And the, the afternoon goes on and it goes on. It's getting the, the late afternoon of July 4th. Crowd's getting kind of restless, and not not much is happening. And in the distance, people start hearing the. It's a helicopter in the distance. And it comes, and it's coming to the deck of the Intrepid. And it comes and it lands. It's blowing, you know, it's blowing people's hairs back, blowing their faces, and and the helicopter lands on the helipad, and somebody gets out of it, 
and it is Lex Luger. And the last time Lex Luger was seen in the WWF, he was a character called the Narcissist. Which, if you don't know what the narcissist, if you don't know what that word means, that means someone who's obsessed with themselves. And this character, he had women who would hold up giant full-length mirrors all around him so that he could, and he would come out in, you know, skimpy uh, shorts. And they would hold up mirrors all around him so that he could look at himself and, and pose and and stare at himself in 360 degrees. So it was a pretty good gimmick. Uh, but it, it didn't go over. People were, were bored with it. It didn't make him, didn't make people hate him. It, they just were kind of, meh, whatever. Uh, but he, here he is. Here's Lex Luger. And he's not dressed like the narcissist. He doesn't have the women, the mirrors, any of that junk. He's just Lex Luger. Which is how he was billed back in his WCW days. And he comes, and he kind of takes a, takes a couple breaths, and he stares at Yokozuna, stares at this beast of a man, this mountain of, of flesh that he has to try to move here. He kind of psychs himself up, and he steps up to him, and he grabs him, you know, one hand under the crotch, the other hand up over his, over his shoulder, and I'll be damned if Lex Luger doesn't grab this man, pick him up off the ground, body slams him. This crowd goes fucking crazy because they've seen people all day fail at this. Lex Luger flies in here in a helicopter and in one try body slams the World Wrestling Federation champion. And the people on the deck of the Intrepid lose their minds. So now this is a big deal now. And 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 Vince Vince McMahon sees these people going crazy. And so of course, what else does he see? He sees dollar signs. And so instead of just booking a, a Yokozuna versus Lex Luger match, that that, that would have been too easy. <laughs> Here's what Vince does is he decides he's going to send Lex Luger around on a bus tour of the United States of America. He's going to get him a custom bus, you know, with a kitchen and all that kind of shit, and, and, and for his family. And he's going to get him a custom bus with a wraparound logo on it, uh, that with WWF logos and, and huge writing. It's going to say the Lex... Express. And by means of this uh, conveyance, Lex Luger is going to go from town to town, city to city, all across our great land, and get people to sign a petition that because he body slammed Yokozuna, he should get the world title shot at SummerSlam, not Bret Hart, who won King of the Ring tournament to get the title shot. And so, he's on the Lex Express for months. That's what we're told. Who knows how long it really was. But we're told he's on it for, for months. And so every WWF show, 
WWF Mania, WWF Superstars, WWF All-American Wrestling, uh, Monday Night Raw, every WWF show, we're giving updates on the Lex Express. He's in fucking Ohio, Warrensburg. He's in fucking Lawrence, Kansas. He's in Austin, Texas. He's here, he's there, etc., etc. And he's, you know, shaking hands and grabbing babies and this and that and the other. It's like he's running for the goddamn president of the United States. And all he's trying to do is get a wrestling match. And so, eventually, uh, eventually, he hits whatever the magic number is. It's never revealed what, what the goal is, what the signature number is that he has to hit or anything, uh, what what his his goals are in, in terms of signatures or time spent on this fucking bus or anything else. But eventually, w- one day, it's announced that he's done it. Lex Luger has earned the world title shot at SummerSlam. He is in, and Bret Hart is out. Did they have any kind of reaction from Bret Hart to this? Or was he just like, well, I guess I'm out. No, he was a face. So he couldn't be all, like, mad about it. Right. He was a face. He didn't get to have any reaction. Hmm. So they had to find something for Bret Hart to do. And so they end up getting Bret Hart involved in a feud with Jerry the King Lawler over who is the real king in the World Wrestling Federation. Is it Bret Hart or is it Jerry the King Lawler? And so we get to uh, SummerSlam. It is August 30th. 30th. And the, the match comes... Um, they they bring someone out to uh, they've 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 now hired uh, they've had Mr. Fuji former tag team champion as Yokozuna's manager they've now hired fucking Jim Cornette as Yokozuna's American spokesperson so I don't even have to tell you how ridiculous that was Jim Cornette talking about this great Japanese sumo wrestler you can imagine it for yourself if if you haven't seen it you got to look it up. Look up Jim Cornette as Yokozuna's manager. It is Jim Cornette at his Cornettiest. It's pretty good. But so the the day comes, and Cornette and Yoko and Master Fuji are ready, and even they bring in a guy to sing the Japanese national anthem. And then, of course, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage is there, and he's dressed in, in, you know, one of his costumes and all red, white, and blue with a crazy, you know, red, white, and blue cowboy hat like he would wear. And and they bring out Aaron Neville to sing uh, our national anthem. And they bring out Lex Luger, and he comes out to Stars and Stripes Forever. And he's got this red, white, and blue wrestling gear, and and he's ready. And so they have the match, and I won't go into all the, the details, 
Uh, go watch the match for yourself. It's on Peacock. Uh, again, WWF SummerSlam 1993. It's the main event. Um, the last match on the show. Um, so the match goes, I want to say something like 15 minutes or so. Something like that. And Yoko's getting a little tired, and Lex can can tell, you know, and the the crowd is wanting, you know, everyone is wanting Lex Luger, this uh, red, white, and blue, this American, uh, this American-made man to, you know, go for the kill, bring the world title back to an American, back to where it belongs, and get rid of this this guy who's talking about Japanese supremacy and all this other junk that Jim Cornette is spouting off, you know, put, put him in his place. And, and they're wanting Lex Luger to be the man to do this. And so what happens is Lex Luger, he was in a motorcycle accident years ago. And so he has a steel plate inserted in his forearm. So, you know, so he... So his arm stays together. And so what he does is he ends up, he he takes down his his pad on his forearm and he runs at Yokozuna and he hits him with a flying forearm. He knocks Yokozuna out of the ring and his big ass is knocked out. Cold. And the count starts. One. Two. Two. Three, and Yoko's not getting up. Four, and he's not getting up. Five, six, seven, and Luger can't, he knows he can't go and get Yokozuna up. He could body slam him. Uh, Speaking of which, he body slammed him again during this match. He body slammed him again like he did on the deck of the USS Intrepid during this match. Eight, the count is at. And like I said, though, he can't go and just pick up the dead weight of this man. Nine, the count is at. Ten. Lex Luger wins the match, but he wins by count out. So, he does not win the WWF title. He's won the match, but not the title. The ultimate in just... Just, ugh, just the way you don't want to win. Mm-hmm. Just the, ugh, just to give you a sick feeling because you you won, you beat the man, but you you didn't win the belt. And what's the point if you didn't win the belt? What is the point in the spending all those hours on the bus, and touching all those people's hands and grabbing all the babies and passing out all these American flags and all this shit if you didn't win the belt. What's weird is the celebration that happens after the match. Yeah. Because they celebrate like he won the belt. Like, yeah. there's a balloon drop. I mean, like, he's, like, lifted up by, I think, the Steiner brothers. Yeah, the Steiner brothers come out and lift him up on their shoulders. Tatanka comes out. Macho Man Randy Savage mm-hmm. comes out. There's a big American flag waving. Yeah, L- L- Luger has a giant American yeah. flag. Right, yeah. a gi- big American flag. He's waving. Yeah, as you said, yeah, there's big red, white, and blue American balloon uh, drop. And it's not just one balloon drop. There's like four separate balloon drops that happen 
over the course of this celebration. Very strange. They yeah. show Yokozuna eventually on the outside, still knocked out, just covered in balloons. Right. Yeah, they they celebrated as though he won the title, mm-hmm. but he didn't. Yeah. And and so that's the the story of the Lex Express, mm-hmm. the 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 little engine that couldn't mm-hmm. and didn't, but should have. Yeah. It didn't. And Lex Luger, when he came to WWF, he had been world champion in WCW a couple times already. I, I believe twice already. He had been world champion a couple times already. And in his whole time in WWF, Lex Luger, because after this, within two years of this happening, 1995, he was gone. He got out of there. And went to WCW. And returned to WCW and became WCW world champion again. I believe he he became WCW world champion at least four times, maybe five. He was WCW US champion several times. Uh, he was WCW world tag team champion several times. I believe he was a WCW US tag team champion. My point is, very successful in WCW. But kind of one of those where, where you see Vince, he did not like to reward people that he didn't build up. And especially if they came from WCW and were built up there, he did not like to, to reward you. And Lex Luger, the man who had had the fans on his side and had the look, had it all, uh, had it in the ring, you know, uh, wasn't the best wrestler in the world, no, but had it in the ring for sure, was a solid wrestler. Um, Vince McMahon never put him over, never gave him one belt, never had one belt in the WWF. Hmm. And uh, and that's a shame. And should have won the world title here uh, at, at SummerSlam 93, but did not, won by count out. And that that is the story of the Lex Express that happened this this week in nineteen ninety three. Awesome, thank you for that. So we are gonna wrap up our show with the rankings of top five men, top five women, and top five men's tag teams in WWE. Okay. What do you want to start with? Let's start with the women. Okay. All right, so this, these rankings, uh, what happens is Kay makes a, a top five, I make a top five, and they're given valuations, and then we combine them, and then uh, and then we debate from there, and so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a point system. Yeah, it's a, yeah, first place gets so many points, second place so many, third, fourth, fifth, and then like I said, we combine them. And then we we debate. So that's how we get our our combined top five rankings here. Mm -hmm. All right, so first, the top five women rankings in WWE for this week. Uh, Number five, Raquel Rodriguez. And she is uh, fifth place. I believe she's getting... Isn't she getting a shot at the women's world title at 
payback. Correct. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Fourth place, Becky Lynch, who is still feuding with Trish Stratus. And I believe those two are fighting in, at payback. In a steel cage. In a steel cage, yeah. Fourth place, Becky Lynch there. Third place, Shayna Baszler, who uh, recently at uh, at SummerSlam, wasn't it, put Ronda Rousey down mm-hmm. in an MMA rules match. Uh, number two in our rankings, Io Sky, who has been absolutely on fire lately. She's the WWE Women's Champion. And uh, just this week... Trying to remember who that was. She, she beat, beat she beat Selena Vega. Thank you. Yeah, to in defense of her title on SmackDown. All right, and our number one ranked woman this week, Rhea Ripley, the WWE Women's World Champion, and she had a win over Candice LeRae by submission on Monday Night Raw this week. Rhea Ripley. Uh, representing the Judgment Day in her number one spot there. All right, and now for the top five tag teams in WWE. Men's tag teams. Men's tag teams, correct. All right, at number five, Alpha Academy. That is Otis and Chad Gable. At number four, a relatively new tag team that's been pretty popular, uh, Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre. Or, what are, what's their other name? I call them the Glass Bros. The Glass Bros? But don't they have another one, too? Like, the, it sounds like a McGriddle or something. Isn't that it? McGriddle? <laughs> it may be. I think, that I may, think that's, that's it. it, yeah. The Glass Bros makes them sound like a, a head shop. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Riddle and McIntyre still in fourth place despite coming up short against um, the New Day on Monday Night Raw. Uh, third place, the Street Profits, who picked up a win over the Brawling Brutes on SmackDown in, in what was allegedly a hardcore match. It was the least hardcore, hardcore match I've ever seen. Was there a... Even a single weapon used? I think there was. I kind of zoned out for most of SmackDown, honestly. Yeah. There's a lot of Bray Wyatt stuff, and I just kind of went blank. I don't think there were any weapons used, other than, like, throwing someone against the announce table and the steel steps. But those don't count, in my opinion, as weapons. The number two ranked tag team in the top five, the New Day... And they picked up a win this week over Riddle and McIntyre on Monday Night Raw. And your number one tag team this week, the undisputed world tag team champs, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And they actually, they picked up a win on Monday Night Raw. They beat Finn Balor and Damian Priest by disqualification. All right, and last but not least... Our top five men, if I can find that list. Yeah. All right, number five, the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther, who fell a bit. Um, usually, 
um, usually might be higher than fit. I say fell a bit. This is our first show of doing this way, WWE Weekly. Um, he usually, I think, would be higher than fifth, but he lost to uh, Chad Gable by countout, which brings us to fourth place, Chad Gable, who got the win over the Intercontinental Champion uh, by countout. So rocketed him up to fourth place there. Third place in the top five, the luchador legend, the man who keeps going, keeps amazing us, Rey Mysterio, the United States champion. I'm glad they gave him another run with another belt. Man, it's just amazing. Uh, he got a win. He pinned Grayson Waller on SmackDown on Friday night and kept the U.S. title. Number two in the top five. Uh, kind of hate to give it up to him because he wasn't around for anything, but he is the undisputed uh, universal champion. So number two, Roman Reigns of the bloodline. And the number one in the top five, uh, the man who has been, uh, for the most part, has been the fighting champion he said he was going to be. But I don't think he had a match this week, did he? No. Huh. He but, had promos. Uh, but he is still number one on our list. Uh, the world heavyweight champion, Seth freaking Rollins. So here we got number one men, Seth Rollins. Number one women, Rhea Ripley. Number one tag teams, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens this week. So mm-hmm. tune in and we'll see how things go for next week so speaking of tuning in when can they hear from us again so you will next hear from us tomorrow for our all in recap show oh fuck that's right jesus christ all in <laughs> that's tomorrow <clears throat> god damn it starts tomorrow all in noon. is tomorrow <laughs> yeah all in is tomorrow yeah so after, wow after all in because it's an afternoon show we're gonna try and do our recap show uh that evening if possible yeah. if not it should as be as quick as we can yeah. no we're gonna do it as as quick as we can um, we just might have to rewatch a few matches maybe so we'll see yeah we'll see yeah um but you can always hear from us every tuesday for this week in aew and every saturday for wwe weekly and usually we'll get this this show uh, we'll get it up earlier. Today we had some things going on. But WWE Weekly, usually I would expect it up earlier in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, to make sure you don't miss any shows when they come out, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to good podcasts. Uh, also, please rate us. Uh, five stars, five bones, five rainbows, whatever they'll let you give us. Um, subscribe on YouTube where we also post our podcasts so you can listen to us there. But also we have other YouTube content, uh, such as unboxing videos and more to come. Asa, do you want to tell them about our exciting shows series that's starting on September 4th? Yes, I do. Uh, So starting September 4th, uh, because it's the the spooky season starts, uh, if your heart is true, uh, it starts September 1st. uh, Because I don't know if you've noticed, but I've noticed that there are dead leaves on the ground. So, so the fall is coming. It's fall. Yeah, the pumpkin spice is here. The dead leaves are here. It's fucking fall. 
It may be 90 degrees outside, but it's fall. Uh, so yes, yeah, starting September 4th, we are going to have some Halloween Havoc watch-along shows. And I hope you are as excited about these as I am. Um, you know, we th- we try to be knowledgeable, we try to be funny, and hopefully that'll make you want to watch these with us. Uh, so we're, we're starting uh, 4.30, September 4th is the first one. And... Which one are we watching that day? That is a surprise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to tell them ahead of time. No, it's going to be a Halloween Havoc. It's going to be from uh, the 90s, I'll tell you that much. Okay. So it doesn't narrow it down a whole lot, because most of them were from (laughs) the 90s. From the 90s, yeah. But it's going to be a WCW Mm -hmm. Halloween Havoc from the 90s. Mm -hmm. And we'll be in costume? Yes. And will there be Halloween candy? And snacks? There may be. There will definitely be some kind of snacks. Snacks. I love, to, I love a good themed snack. But September 4th, 4.30. Um, watch our Twitter page for uh, more info about how, how to join and everything. Um, our Twitter handle is No Bones Wrestling. That's No Bones Wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Um... And that'll have all the info for, for how to join. It's free. The watch along is free. Um, yeah, we're just trying to have a good time. We're not charging you anything. Uh, so. so, yeah, come and hang out and watch spooky wrestling with us. Yeah, I, the Halloween Havoc, I tell you, when I was a kid, WrestleMania was obviously my favorite show because it's, a, you know, it's the fucking biggest one. Um Starcade was my second favorite show because it was WCW's biggest. But my third favorite, my third favorite show <laughs> was always Halloween Havoc. And you're currently, at this moment in time, wearing a Halloween Havoc shirt right now. That's true, yeah. But now, yeah, so now, honestly, all things being equal, Halloween Havoc might be, I like it better than either of those, honestly, now. So I like it better than WrestleMania, I'll tell you that. So, come join us. It'll be fun, I promise you. Mm-hmm. And, folks, uh, that's about it. Uh, thank you for, for uh, coming and listening to WWE Weekly. And as McFoley would say, have a nice day. Bye.